everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And with me tonight, I have the man with the plan, the head honcho of voracious readers only, the connector of over 160,000 readers and authors. Help me welcome Larry Fronsek. Hi, Larry. It's good to hear you again. Hey, Eric. Good to be back. Yeah, we interviewed or did a podcast in September 2018. So before we get into the nitty gritty, you offered me some really cool questions. And, and this is, uh, I really want to get to them. But before we do that, uh, just Let's summarize again, voracious readers for the people who didn't hear the last podcast. Okay. Yeah. So uh, voracious readers only is a, um, it's a resource for both readers and authors. Uh, so for readers helps, helps introduce them to authors who they haven't been exposed to before. And for authors, it gives them the opportunity to build an audience of readers for their work so they can build up their email list, develop, you know, their best readers, their, their early reviewers, those types. Um, and, you know, also promote their other work. Uh, so a lot of times authors will do, you know, the, with us, they'll do the first book in a series yep. with the intention of moving those readers through the rest of their series. Um, you know, if they hook them with the first one, um, and so, you know, we kind of serve in the middle between the readers and the authors, helping make those connections um, to, you know, help build those authors' careers and get them yeah. started. And uh, we'll talk later because that, you know, there's been some side effects of that and, yeah. and things that have, that have happened for authors, uh, you know, because of their affiliation with Voracious Readers. Awesome. And um, I forgot to ask you last time, are you also an author? I am not. My oh. my wife is an author, which okay. is kind of how I got involved in, in this process. And, and uh, her and I uh, run Voracious Readers only together. Yeah. So Voracious Readers, uh, for the newbies out there, it's, it's like a list-based promotion service, kind of. Yeah. So we have, a, we have an ever-growing list of readers, and uh, we do... Um, first time promotions for authors who we haven't worked with before to get them 20 new readers. Mm -hmm. And then um, if the author enjoys the process, they want to continue. We have an ongoing promotion where we can continue to promote their book to our new readers as they come aboard to help build their list over time. Yeah. Cool. And um, what, uh, what, what has changed since we talked last well, let's see. I think last time we talked, I had just switched over to um, 
a new platform uh, for for managing, you know, all these, you know, each book is its own separate campaign pretty much. Um, so I moved over to Infusionsoft and uh, so we've continued to use that. Um, mm -hmm. We might move to another platform at some point in the future just due to, um, you know, our requirements increase and sometimes you outgrow software. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've also, uh, you know, as we've grown, we've increased our, our marketing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think as when we last spoke, I was probably getting 30 to 50, maybe closer to 50 new readers per day. And now we're, we're well above that um, in the uh, 100, 120, 130 readers per day range. Nice. Um, that, yeah. The last time we talked, you were getting massive signups from one Facebook ad. And uh, so now much more or how you, how are you doing it now? Well, uh, so Facebook is still the best advertising platform. Um, so I've experimented with Twitter, mm -hmm. Pinterest, um, and, um, Instagram. Oh. Um, but I think, I think, um, Facebook is still the absolute best platform for mm -hmm. advertising. Um, and I, I've used, I've used other platforms for other industries I work in, not, not specifically just for authors. Um, and Facebook's still the best. Um, yeah. And that's not to say I don't experiment with other ones because it's always a good idea to not, not be reliant on just one thing. But right now, Facebook is seriously the best game in town when it comes to mm -hmm. uh, marketing. Um, and, you know, I'm always trying the other stuff just to see how it goes. Uh, for example, um, about six, seven months ago, uh -huh. I started Instagram account for voracious readers. Oh, um, how did that go? So, uh, yeah, what we did at first to, to build it up was a combination of, um, boosting, boosting posts and doing, um, you know, the, uh, your kind of typical strategies for building social media, which would be to follow people and that they, and you know, hopefully they follow you back kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I did that. I used a, a service called, um, Combin, C O N B I N. Um, it's like, I think it's like eight, nine, 10 bucks a month. Um, I use that for a bit. And what that would do is you create a criteria for interests on, on Instagram and, follow a certain number of people per day and then unfollow the ones who don't follow you back and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. repeat the process and, and build it up. And, and that worked for getting, you know, the first, um, 5,000, uh, you know, fans on Instagram. Cool. And, um, then Instagram made it, a, a, you know, some changes to their algorithms, which make that not as easy to do and you can still do it. Hmm. I found it to be at that point, not, not super, um, worth the time. So, um, what I did, uh, what I put more effort into was, um, looking at my posts that, um, I had been doing, I'll, I'll tell you what I do on, on Instagram. Um, but taking, taking like the, the most viral of the posts and boosting those for, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks a day uh -huh. and, um, building up, uh, fans on that. And you know, that also drives people to, the profile, which drives them to voracious readers only to sign up. So that was, um, that was, uh, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I continue to still organically grow, um, the Instagram, 
just with the posts I do. So every day we do two posts. There is a, a meme type post. Okay. So, you know, I'm always looking for book memes, reader memes, uh, post that every day. And then I also do a review of the day. Um, mm -hmm. So and what are your favorite hashtags? Oh, hashtags. You know, let me. Yeah, I got you. I got one out of left field today. <laughs> I got because hashtags here. are the, the main thing in, in Instagram, right? Yeah. So I do um, uh, read everything, reading books, bookstagram, reader, Kindle, yeah. Nook, bookworm, book lover, bookish, book obsessed, bookworm problems, book addict, and then uh, book review for my, uh, I also had the book review um, hashtag for the review of the day and review of the day. I, you know, we get a lot of reviews, so I keep a running list of ones that I really liked and, and, you know, work through those over time and get those onto the Instagram. And, um, you know, it helps, it helps the authors get exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it also helps authors I haven't worked with, you know, build credibility with them because, you know, they're, they can go on my Instagram account and see that we've promoted a ton of books. You can see, you know, we get great reviews for authors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, helps readers find, uh, find new authors, um, you know, cause sometimes I might read that review that like really clicks with them then they'll go and, and track down that book. So, um, you know, I found, I found Instagram to be pretty good. It doesn't take a ton of time every day, maybe 15 minutes. Um, and I'd certainly recommend it as a, as a good vehicle for, you know, any author online. Um, mm -hmm. you know, just stick to books type stuff and stuff about your story. Um, you know, don't, don't mix in weird political stuff. I <laughs> see a lot of authors do that and, uh, it, it can alienate your readers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which, you know, if you go on, on any author's account on Twitter, eventually they just start like talking politics and, mm. and that ruins it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. I'd say, you know, stick to books, uh, stick to your story, mix in your personal life, you know, cause at least to some degree, cause you want to build that relationship with your readers. Yeah. But yeah, stay out of the, out of the yucky stuff. So what do you do? You, are you, you have a, a CTA call to action to an opt-in or w what is the nature of the posts? I mean, you, okay. You said you had two, you know, you had the, um, the meme style one and then the review style one, but are, is there a CTA in every post? Yeah. So, you know, the meme, uh, will, it'll say readers, authors, join us at voraciousreadersonly.com link in bio. Cause you can't put hyperlinks in, right. in Instagram posts. So just say link in bio and they can go to my bio and get the link. Um, and then I put the source, you know, which Instagram account I got it from or which website or whatever, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, th I, they don't have a, um, Instagram doesn't have a built in, um, share button. Uh, yeah, that's weird. So, huh? You can't share yeah. other people's stuff. Yeah. So I think, you know, you should definitely give credit to wherever you got it from and, and help promote them. Cause you know, nobody's really doing anything for money on Instagram and um, you know, a lot of, you know, these meme kind of pages, um, you know, they just want to get attention and recognition for their, their efforts to track down these things or come up with their own memes. And, and uh, you know, I think definitely give them credit if um, you know, if there's a piece uh, um, you know, a post of, of somebody's that you can clearly see that it's, it's not like a meme in your traditional sense. Uh, it's like their artwork or something mm -hmm. at that point, you know, I, I always, you know, email them direct or contact them directly and ask them permission to do that. Um, cause 
you know, then you don't, you don't want to get into any great, any, uh, you know, gray areas with copyright and, and stuff. Yeah. And it's always best to, for those instances, like comics and stuff to ask permission, but you know, for your general kind of meme stuff, people make those to share. And, and as long as you give them credit, they're typically pretty happy about it. Uh, for the review of the day, uh, same kind of call to action. And I also include the text for the full review, mm-hmm. the author's name, the title of the book. And if the author is on Instagram and I can find them, I'll tag them in the, in the uh, description. So they'll see it when they go on Instagram. So they'll, they'll see that they were, they were tagged on something. And then, uh, you know, I, I usually see that'll pop up in the, the author's uh, story or they might repost the, the review or something on their own Instagram account. Cool. But, but how do you share on Instagram? You said, you know, you, you, you wanted to make sure about the copyright and stuff, but, but how do you even share on Instagram? I mean, I'm a noob, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can't share like on Facebook where there's a share button. So yeah. basically what you have to do is you have to download the image ah. and, and then save it on your computer. And repost. Um, yeah. And you can't really post from your computer True. easily. Yeah. So I just email it to myself with the, with the description that I want to put on the post and just do it for my, my app on my phone hmm. from that point. Um, I use a browser plugin um, that makes the downloading images easier. It's hmm. called, uh, what is it called? Download image plugin. Oh, it's called just Instagram downloader. Um, there's, yeah. there's several of them, but it basically just makes it easier than going into the code for the page and, yeah. and, and downloading it that way. Yeah. Uh, it's a real pain. I've tried all this stuff before getting plugins and yeah, they don't, I don't understand why they don't make it easy to share. I thought that was the point, you know? So yeah, I don't really understand IG at all yet, you know, but um. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I guess they just don't want to make it seem too much like Facebook, even though they're owned by Facebook. As exactly. Well. well, that's why you're here. You're understanding IG for us and you're promoting authors and, and um, books to readers and stuff. And it uh, seems like it's working. Did you want to get into some of the numbers or is that coming up in the next questions? Um, well, we could get into numbers if you like. Um, yeah, because like like said, you were having some massive signups now compared to that one Facebook ad last year, and uh, yeah, tell us about that. Sure. So, um, in my my ad on Facebook that I'm running right now, it's a video, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it kind of just goes over the whole kind of voracious concept, which is you know finding new readers so that you you know you can get that social credit with your friends and, and tell, you know, let them know about authors they haven't heard of, you know, be introduced to stories that you may not have come across on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, helping authors, you know, build their, build their readership and build their career. Um, I've been running the same video for a while, at least over a year and mm-hmm. it's been doing great. Um, I'd say my cost per, per click, um, typically under 30 cents. Sometimes it gets down to 20, which is nice. Yeah. And I get a really good conversion rate on my website for uh, turning visitors into readers. Awesome. Um, you know, I also get a lot of um, referrals from voracious readers. So after they, after any reader signs up or requests a book, my thank you page gives 
you know, mechanisms for sharing voracious fruits only on their Pinterest account, on Twitter, on Facebook, or even just emailing it to someone. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then, um, and then there's organic, I get a lot of organic traffic. Um, I think if, if you search for voracious reader, voracious readers, voracious only, and there's some other keywords I rank pretty highly for, if not, if not number one. So in Google. Yeah. Yeah. And Google and being, so there's always people organically finding voracious readers. I don't know if they're just searching for services for authors or for, for finding books or somebody told them about it and they're Googling voracious readers to find the, find the website. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know either way on that. And there's not really any way to tell, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it, it's certainly nice to have that. I've noticed that too, because, um, I've noticed voracious readers is cropping up more. Uh, bec- I think it's actually an older, um, an older, uh, term, uh, or, or they just picked it up from you, but um, it, you know, because I have all those tools, those SEO tools and stuff like KDP Rocket, now called Publisher Rocket. And so, yeah, voracious readers is a really good keyword. And I think it existed before your service did. And so, yeah, you might've just stumbled on, upon something there really well and, and, and uh, keep it going, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Me- yeah, I was, I was familiar with the term voracious reader uh, before we, pick that name. So tell me more about the Facebook video. How long is it? And okay, then what's the, um, is, are, how long is it? Are you optimizing for engagement or conversion or clicks? And then how is the conversion on the landing page? And then, so how many people are you pulling in a day? So that's four things. Okay. (laughs) um... Hardcore. (laughs) All right. Let me, uh, you know, let me just get over to my, Facebook account. Have you heard of Facebook video audiences? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't played with that. Oh, my friend, let me let me help you here. Since you're running Facebook videos, which is a very good idea, you can retarget everybody that watched that video. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, okay, so you know about that. Oh, yeah, retargeting. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, what's funny is um, in most businesses, retargeting is a great way to, you know, getting that little extra bump in conversions. Right. I found that it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, okay. For, yeah. For readers. I don't, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems that, um, you know, if they've already been through the video once they're either going or not going mm-hmm. and you know, we do, we get pretty good numbers. So I'm looking at, um, just last seven days, you know, my quality ranking and engagement ranking are above average. Um, you know, I'm doing 23 cents per, per landing page click. And, um, you know, the conversion rate on those is about 50%, uh, if not a little bit higher. Um, it's tough to tell sometimes with, I don't have conversions as a, as a setting in Facebook. Um, I'm looking at my analytics and, if they're coming from Facebook about 50% of the time, they're going to sign up. Um, That's good. So yeah, it's um, yeah, this, this particular ad I've, I've, I've thought about doing another one and and testing against it, but you know, it seems the results so good. I'm not going to really get in there and and try anything unless, you know, if, if my, if my cost per result starts creeping up, 
um, you know, over like 30 to 40 cents. Uh, at that point, I'd probably start testing some new ads, but mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to get better than what I got now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, how long is the video? Oh, it's only a minute. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Can, can you send a link or is it on your page or something? Um, I'd like to see it. Yeah, I'll I'll email you a link because it's uh it's not on my page and I have I have to dig up the link and I'm not quite sure how to get to it from here. So have you tried retargeting but with a different video or content to people who watched like the first 10 seconds or 30 seconds of your video? I I haven't. Um you know my my retargeting test was to um uh same same ad uh just Mm -hmm. to the people who um, watched yeah. it within the past seven days. And, and um, it, it, yeah, it, it just the Cosper uh, Cosper opt-in. Um, yeah. It's just a lot higher and uh, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it just didn't, didn't work out that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I'm also testing Facebook video ads right now. So that's why I'm highly interested, but let's get back to the more interesting questions. Then I'll geek out on Facebook ads all day long. If you, if you let me. So, so, uh, you sent me one, one, uh, question and I took it straight to the top. Um, why your book summary or blurb should detract as much as it attracts readers. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, um, one thing I've noticed is some authors, they try to please everybody, mm -hmm. um, with their book description and, um, within any genre, there's subgenres, and they don't, and they may not cross over or they may not be interested in, in other books like that. So, you know, for example, in, in fantasy, you have those epic fantasy readers and then you also have like paranormal fantasy readers or contemporary fantasy readers. And some people read both, some people read one, some people read the other. And, uh, you know, there's, there's an, there's an instinct with anybody, uh, in marketing to try to try to appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I would recommend is don't try to appeal to everybody because that's how you could get readers who, dislike your book. Yep. And, and you know, you'll get reviews from people who don't read that genre really because they thought it was something else. Yeah, so, yeah. um, you know, and you know, don't, don't put in your, in your, just don't put in your like book summary or book blurb, like, uh, anything like, um, you know, if, if you don't like, um, romantic comedies, don't buy this book. <laughs> um, you know, being negative or what? Yeah, you know, say, you know, you know, if if you if you read every new romantic comedy by these authors X Y and Z, you're definitely going to love this book or you know something like that. Yeah. Um, or you know, if if you know if, if if you only read a book that could serve second as a, a doorstop, this is the book for you. <laughs> you know, people, like this is going to be a long book and if you like long books, this one's for you. And, if, yeah. if you don't, then you're obviously not going to proceed at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm a real big believer now in copywriting and getting your description right. Uh, interviewed Brian Meeks several times and I super highly recommend his book. Um, 
copywriting for authors or, oh man, I, I probably messed up that title, but it's, it's <laughs> well, it'll, but he, it'll be in the description. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but he says it's the most important thing besides your cover. Of course you have, we're, we're assuming that you have a good cover and a really good cover, but then the, the copywriting, your book description is like the number one thing, you know, so right yeah. on. And you know, like, so when I do, we do these giveaways and, you know, I have to read through everybody's descriptions, um, you know, to set up the emails and such. And, you know, I've noticed that there's a lot of authors who um, don't give their book description or blurb or whatever you want to call it summary. They don't give it enough attention yeah. as a sales mechanism. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. that's from everything from sometimes the, the, the description just tells you the entire book, like a sixth graders book report. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I could tell you that that doesn't get you readers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, don't, you don't give them enough to get them interested and get them into the book, but you know, don't tell them every twisted turn. Um, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the other thing that I've also noticed is, uh, the descriptions can get real redundant, um, yeah. using the same words over and over starting every sentence with the same, with the same couple words. Yeah. Um, and you know, if, if the description's boring to read, you know, it doesn't say a lot about the book that you hope them to, to get. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I, I spot a lot of grammatical and spelling errors in book summaries. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I assume the book has been edited, but nobody took a second look at the, at the book summary. Um, just to make sure it's, it's up to par. Um, so, you know, I, I'd, I'd say if every author put like maybe twice the attention to their book summary and their marketing, um, it would definitely help them move more books. Um, and also, um, test, you know, you can, you can do Facebook ads, you know, spend $10 a day for a week with three different book summaries in the ad. Yeah. and see which one of them gets more people to click over to Amazon. Even if they don't buy it necessarily, like, you know, that's the least of your worries at this point is at least let's see if we can get do enough copy to get somebody to at least take the next step, even just to look at the book on Amazon. Um, so, you know, I would definitely recommend split testing. Um, and sometimes, you know, I've, I've done promotions for authors where um, the blurb either said too much or you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't a great, it wasn't great. And, um, you know, I've, I've offered to help, help, you know, trim it down or, or make it work better. And, and we've tested that and, and it has worked better. Um, so, um, you know, I think that's just something that a lot of people don't think about is, is, you know, I wrote, well, I wrote the book and I wrote, I wrote a summary once and I got the cover done and now I'm done with the book. Well, you know, you could, you could make the marketing better. And, and part of that marketing is, is, you know, the words that show up on amazon.com for your book to try to get people to, to grab it. Yeah. You, you said it just a couple of seconds ago. Uh, that's a quotable man. They don't give it enough attention as a sales mechanism. And it's amazing because, because I did, you know, the first one or two years, you know, I didn't really think about it either. You know, oh, I wrote the book and then, you know, just write something in the description and man, big mistake. And, and we keep hearing it from all the, 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 the big authors and 
on my podcast and others. And yeah, it, it's amazing though how many people just, oh, I'll do that later. You know, <laughs> yeah, you don't care about your book. You don't want it to sell, you know. But yeah, you, you just said it. They don't give it enough attention as a sales mechanism. I, I, I've never heard it put like that. So that's going in the, pod, in, in the blog post, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, there, there, are, there are people who specialize in writing descriptions for books to try to get them to sell. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to spend a couple hundred bucks to get somebody to, to really write you a good one. Yeah. Um, because it'll pay for itself. Um, and you know, you'll get that return a lot faster than if you wrote a not great, bl uh, blurb or summary. I'm just going to say blurb cause it's an easier word for me to go with. Yeah, um, okay. you know, it, you know, if you had to spend a little money to get a better one, go for it. It's just like a cover. Um, yeah. you know, having a professional cover, is so much better than having one where somebody can tell you made it in Microsoft paint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also tell people, man, if, if you don't want to spend the money on the, on the professional copywriter and, and all that, just at least use a template. There are so many online, you know, how to write a good book description. And then there are all of the books sizzling synopsis by Brian Cohen. And uh, there are so many online uh, for free too and just at least use a template but don't just write one of those big huge paragraphs where you summarize your book like you said it like a six-year-old uh, sixth grade book report you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you, know, you could also you know you know what genre your book is in and if you don't you got another problem there but you should know kind of what your what are the books that are selling the best in your genre look at their book descriptions and and you know you can model yours after that, you know, don't copy word for word, but you can get an idea on like what seems to work. Cause a lot of them kind of follow the same model as far as, you know, the, how many paragraphs, how much detail they give, how many characters they introduce, you know, if, and also, you know, if you're writing fantasy or science fiction and you got a bunch of like weird words you're creating, um, don't put like a hundred of them in your book description. <laughs> it, it, it automatically turns readers off because they, they can't understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, it makes perfect sense to you because you wrote the book. You're familiar with all these words. They're looking at it going, well, do I really want to deal with this? And a lot of times they'll say no. Yeah. Yeah. I call that also, um, author reconnaissance, you know, you're going to your genre on Amazon and looking what the others did, you know, and, uh, of course you have to be different, but at the same time, there's no reason to, uh, uh, you know, not give your book the chance. And uh, I just remembered Mastering Amazon Ads. That's the name of Brian Meek's book. So very good. Yeah. All right, then. Um, I think we, I think I hit that one enough. <laughs> so um, let's get on to this other one that's really interesting. Creating animated book covers on your smartphone in 15 minutes. How do you do that? Okay, well, what I, um, I found an app called Pixaloop. P -I, I got it. Yeah, cool. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Pixaloop, um, it, it's, you know, it, it's for creating those kind of, you've seen them on Facebook and stuff where, you know, it's like a still image and like the water's flowing or there's rain or snow or fire or something like that. And uh, basically, you can upload your cover and you can tell it what areas on the cover not to animate and you can pick which way things animate. You can add like overlays like smoke or fire. 
um, birds flying. Um, I mean, there, there's paid features in the app, but the free features are more than enough to create a good animated cover and you could export it as a video um, and then just convert it into an animated GIF if you wanna make a GIF out of it or, um, or just post the video. And uh, you know, they, they look really good and it doesn't take very long to get good at it. And they got a lot of great tutorials built into the app. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find stuff on Facebook to, or uh, YouTube the, to show you how to do it as well. But uh, you know, if, if, if using things like After Effects and um, Premiere and all those Adobe suites is, isn't your thing and you just have the cover, you have a good quality cover, um, Pixeloop is extremely good for creating. Yeah, I love that app. Do you have all of yours posted on Instagram or Facebook? Where are they? Um, I don't post any of the ones I, I've, I've done on, um, on Instagram, but um, uh, I have a series of emails that go out to authors when they sign up for a giveaway. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the emails is, is about, you know, how to do it and with an example of one. Okay. Um, so when, you know, for authors listening to this, when you sign up for a Virtuous only giveaway, I have a series of emails already built in that cover a lot of ideas for marketing your books or, or stuff like that. And one of them is, you know, how to use Pixel Loop to make an animated book cover really easily. Yeah. And that's in the newsletter. Yeah, that's, um, that's in the, uh, uh, it's one of the follow-up emails that goes out. I think it might go out like a month after you, you sign up for your first giveaway. Yeah, cool. Um, and then I have, I have that weekly newsletter that we do uh, of interesting, you know, writing and publishing related articles from the last week. So, hmm. you know, I can maintain communication with authors before and after we do their giveaway to, hmm. you know, add more value to that relationship. So let's talk about that. That sounds really cool. So an author signs up and then, uh, I mean you're going to have to, you know, fill in the gaps here, but so an author signs up and then uh, that you promote them to your list. And then there's all of these cool side effects of not just, you know, not just sales and stuff, but then one of the ones you listed here, the side effect is Goodreads recommendations. So, yeah. Okay. So, so this kind of happened on accident. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing we've, we've noticed is for different types of books, you might get a lot of overlap with other authors who of similar genre. So, mm -hmm. you know, for fantasy books uh, that we've promoted, uh, we've noticed if you go to their, their Goodreads page, um, the, the, you know, other, other readers have, have liked this book, you know, it's in the top corner there. Um, I see the, the first three or four of them are often voracious reader books now. Mm. Um, so, when authors do those, those ongoing promotions with us, they get more readers, um, <laughs> for their book who, who write reviews and Goodreads is a place where they do write reviews. Yeah. Um, and they probably already reviewed other <laughs> books in that genre that, that we've promoted. And so, you know, they start because of that overlap, it creates that recommendation because, you know, readers who read this book did also read and review these other books that also happen to be voracious reader books. So, um, you know, that, that relationship with us is, is inadvertently created these recommendations to help readers who happen upon that book, find other books that are similar that have been in the voracious readers program. That's awesome. There's some names for that, like 
virtuous cycle, upward cycle, positive feedback loop, and a deal flow. So yeah, sounds sounds good. So yeah, what about I, some? I, I imagine that's also happening on Amazon. I just mm -hmm. I, I just really haven't looked into it. Yeah, that well maybe it's worth it. Um, yeah, uh, it's always hard to prove some things like that because their <laughs> algorithms are all secret. We'll never know. But um, totally. what about some other side effects like book bubs? Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, before I, I emailed you about all this stuff, I'd spoke with an author who she wrote her first book. Uh, she's not written a trilogy of books and, um, uh, she had, she had signed up for, um, book bubs in the, in the past, like two or three times mm -hmm. and she had gotten turned down. Yes. Um, and you know, she's been doing virtual series only for, a year plus now and now she has a lot more reviews mm -hmm. and um, she signed up for another book bub and now they approved her and she thinks it's largely because now she has you know a lot more social proof that her book's good yeah and, yeah um awesome i think her her book bub's about to run um so we'll we'll see how that goes but you know yeah um, that's always a big moment your first book bub that's one of my goals too and uh yeah so yeah. So, you know, definitely, you know, building up, build, getting more social proof about your book through more reviews and, and word of mouth and such, um, you know, that, that opens up other opportunities you might not have perceived. Um, yeah. That's all the deal flow and the, the positive feedback or I don't know what the virtuous cycle. I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, it's exponential effect. Cool. How yeah, and then, uh, you know, another side effect that, um, um, you know, I didn't really think about this when we started because, you know, when, when a reader opts in for a book, um, they're, they're providing their name and, and email address to the author. Mm -hmm. uh, and my original idea was, well, so that way you can, you're building up your email list so you can have people to promote your next book to and, and such. And, um, one of the things that has happened is when you get like a great review, you could backtrack it and figure out who wrote the review. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if that person wrote a dynamite review, now you know their email address. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wanted to specifically invite them to maybe beta read your next book or be an early reviewer or part of your street team or, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, you actually know who these people are versus mm -hmm. just, you know, you know, Amazon's not going to share that info with you past no. the person's screen name they, they put on there. And yeah. sometimes they're the name on Amazon isn't the name on their email address or, you know, it's not their first and last name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we find, you know, when a reader, you know, sends us their review, we, you know, we'll forward it over to the author so that the author can, can make that match on their. Oh, they send their you the review. Yeah. So we do follow up emails to all the readers when they request a book. Awesome. So, um, you know, we tell them to let us know when they do a review so that way we can um, let the author know. We can also turn off the follow-up emails, stop bugging them uh, about mm -hmm. it. Um, and so, um, you know, not everybody sends us their reviews, but when they do, we, we get them over to the author so the author can, um, you know, know who, know who reviewed their book and, yeah. and, you know, proceed from there if they want. Yeah, but that is an awesome example because that is something that no other sales or, or, or a promotion platform for authors does. That's the first time I heard that. And that's voracious readers only. That is a unique selling point. Um, you know, there's Insta Freebie now called prolific 
writers or prolific works. Uh-huh. And, then, and then there's BookBub and then there's um, Buck Books. And no, but none of these services uh, do all of this, do go the extra mile for their readers like you do. I think that's really great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, try to, you know, try to be uh, a good resource for both readers and authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited because I'm, I've got a promotion coming up with you guys, my first one. And I, I'm not going to reveal my pen name and all that yet, but then this isn't about me anyways, my friend. So. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you're like in a week or something, right? Yeah. February 16th. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've been talking about it for over a year since I interviewed you last time, but I'm, I'm, I'm heavily into uh, nonfiction and children's books, and there aren't very many lists for children's books like, like this. And um, I don't think Voracious Readers is, is really good for um, children's books, or is it? Um, you know, I'm not geared towards children's books, yeah. you know, below like YA, sometimes, yeah. sometimes middle grade works. Um, mm-hmm. Really, but um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't specifically do kids books just yeah, because. Yeah. Um, yeah, just I, I, I really just don't want to have a list of of people under eighteen. Uh, yeah. there's a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of extra privacy things you have to do with like the state of California yeah. and such. So yeah, I. Well, that's why them. not many do. Uh, um, uh, I haven't found a list for children's book that yet. You know, so so yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Voracious then. So what did, um, so knowing your best reviewers, that is an awesome service that you guys do and nobody else does. And then you have also finding social media content. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like as we were talking about with Instagram, I I post a meme every day. Um, And uh, memes, especially the really funny ones, uh, Mm -hmm. they get, you know, they get a lot of attention and you can, and, and, you know, you can get an audience and, um, you know, I think if, if you're in the business of nurturing and building relationships with readers, reader oriented memes are, are a good thing to you know, mix up your social media content with. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is more... a meme? What would give us an example? Uh, memes are like, um, Usually they're like a, a pic, you know, one picture and people change the text. So um, you've probably seen one where it's like a, a guy looking at a girl and then his girlfriend's like scocking behind him because he's looking at, at this other woman. I've seen uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're just basically like just funny stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'd recommend mixing up your, you know, your social media, put some memes in there in addition to, book specific stuff like your book trailer, your animated book cover, re- mm-hmm. great reviews of your book. Um, you know, some personal stuff if, if it makes sense to have it in there. Um, you know, not, you'll, you'll get people who, who like the meme and you can invite them to like your page or follow them and they'll follow, see if they follow you back or you know, depending on what social media platform you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I, 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 I like once a week just go through, had the hashtags I market to and look for interesting memes and make a list and I share from there. Um, but you know, if you want to shortcut it, just follow the voracious readers only Instagram page and, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, recycle those memes, uh, that, cool. that I've already found for you. And yeah. What but, is that page? 
Uh, you just go to Instagram and just search for voracious readers only. Okay. I'll do and, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's one a day on there. So yeah. plenty to choose from. I've been doing, I think I've been running the Instagram page for at least six or seven months. So there's a lot of content there and I give you the, I give you the, the source on where I got it. So you can give them credit as well. And uh, talking about memes, I remember last time you were talking about A-B tests and, and your one landing page, <clears throat> or I don't know. Yeah, it's your landing page too. It's, it's the, the girl with the laptop and she's looking at you and you A-B tested that and that one's still working really well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't really messed with the, um, the site itself. Mm -hmm. in in a while just because the conversion rate's so good and i'm superstitious um, yeah, yeah yeah no don't touch it don't if it's working yeah. don't fix it man <laughs> yeah so you know i'm not going to change the logo i'm not going to change the yeah. color scheme like, everything works specifically yeah. for what it's designed for yeah uh, yeah in in the in with respect to the imagery um you know on the on the main voracious readers only page for you know some reason a, a woman with blonde hair and blue eyes um, got more people to sign up for the books than um, you know, a woman with brown hair. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, the thing is, I don't know why that is. And yeah. the and the strange thing is, the most of my readership is female. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it just worked out that way that women were more responsive and mm -hmm. uh, than men were with respect to like being a voracious reader. Um, and so I I don't know for whatever reason they like the you know, the blue and the blonde hair in the picture better and it got better results. So who am I to judge, uh, you know, just keep it as is. And maybe someday down the road when I'm feeling like it, we'll, we'll do some split testing, mm -hmm. see if we can do better. But our conversion rate is so good that I don't, I don't know it's really worth the effort to try to squeeze out like another percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because, um, I remember, uh, lead, when lead pages was making a real push, a real marketing push, and and there's all sorts of um, lead page style companies out there that make landing pages, and I'm not even sure if it was lead pages, but they say our our pages are tested for conversions, optimized and optimized, and you will very often see their number one, and I think that's their big blog article too, their number one converting page is the really cute brunette girl looking down at the computer with glass, she's got big glasses on too. And you will see this in many, many landing pages now of, of startups and companies. And, and it's just different variations. So if you go to fancyhands.com, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But it's not the lead pages ones. It's the one that they kind of emulated from lead pages. And this brunette girl with the glasses looking at her computer is like everywhere in, in 50 different versions now. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. But I guess it just underlines, you know, don't guess, test. That's, that's kind of like my motto. Don't guess, test. And, and then uh, you'll, you'll never explain it. You'll never know what, why it really converts that better. So, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely like, um, and uh, you know, I've, so I, I've been, um, you know, Verastures only isn't the only business venture I'm involved with, but you know, I've been doing marketing in, in the healthcare industry for 20 years plus now. And. Oh, wow. You know, I've tested everything from piece, the color of paper of an order form and of a sales letter. Wow. Um, to like music in a video and, you know, 
a lot of different stuff. We've you know tested different headlines. So you're um, a professional marketer. Yeah, that's that's my background. Oh man, we uh, got to do another podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you doing snail mail, the old direct response thing with the letters too? You know, I, I don't do snail mail with voracious readers, um, but uh, yeah, you know, in, in the healthcare arena, do a lot of snail mail. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking snail mail to not only healthcare professionals, but also to patients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing a lot of businesses um, do is they, they kind of move all their efforts into whatever's hot. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if they, if they think online is the way to be, uh, they'll stop doing the old stuff that works just because it's not as interesting. Um, yeah. But the bells and whistles syndrome, like me. Yeah, but you know, if you know a, a cost, it, I mean, this is not a, a cheap way to to market in terms of your initial outlay, but in terms of the, your response and return. Um, you know, if you run a local business, or you run like a, a, you know a niche industry kind of business where you have names and addresses of of individuals, you know, I would always highly recommend testing a plain number 10 envelope with handwritten return and, and recipient address and a real postage stamp. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, how often do you actually get real mail these days? Yeah. You know, yeah on a- your birthday, maybe you get some cards or an anniversary or the holidays, you might get a couple cards, but otherwise most of your inbox is bills and, and uh, junk mail, you know, obvious, obvious junk mail, like, you know, yeah. Those like look like newspaper kind of coupony things. Yep. Um, and so if if you want to get someone's attention, you can't go wrong with a regular number ten hand addressed envelope. So I highly, highly recommend that. Number ten hand addressed envelope. The real real stamp. Don't 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 get cheap on uh, yeah. doing an indicia or doing pre sorted mail. Um, We're gonna have to do a whole other podcast for this because one of my big. Um, not mentors, but uh, heroes is Gary Halbert and, mm-hmm. you know, and Frank Kern. And these guys all started with, you know, the direct mail stuff. And then have you heard of that book, The 12 Month Millionaire? I haven't heard of 12 Month Millionaire. I'm, I'm very familiar with Gary Halbert and yeah. uh, Frank Kern. Yeah. Um, the company I, I work with, we, you know, in the past, we did a lot of work with Dan Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 You know, I've, yeah. I've been to Dan Kennedy's house for, you know, one on one consults and, Oh, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been to Platinum meetings with you know the, his biggest clients. And wow, yeah, I, was I, it, I, I work with is is one of his biggest uh, past clients. So awesome! Is it you Frank know, I, Kern or or Gary Halbert who was always talking about Dan Kennedy? Yeah, G- Gary was a character. If you ever meet anybody who actually knew him, they have some crazy stories about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you meet him? I uh, no, I never got a chance to meet uh, Gary, yeah. uh, but. Um, I don't know if it's still up, but, um, at one point his son, um, Bond, I think yeah. Saying, yeah. he put up every one of Gary Halbert's letters on, yeah, on a website. And yeah, they're I think still it's there. Gary Yep. And, they're still there. Uh, I, I took them all down and put them in an ebook just for me, just for myself, man. They're awesome. Yeah. I, I would highly recommend going through that. Um, I think they've cleaned up some of the stuff in there. Um, you know, at one point it was everything he wrote and, and he got into like weird insider trading type like hmm. stock schemes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think they took that stuff down, but um, yeah, like his marketing stuff is is super good. Yeah. And you know, for people listening to this who don't know who Gary Halbert is, he got super rich in the '60s or '70s 
by doing um, your, I think he did this only in the United States, but it was your, um, your family crest. So mm -hmm. he'd get a mailing list of everybody whose last name was Johnson and mm -hmm. find a family crest and a family history for Johnson and mail a letter. And it would always be customized Mr. and Mrs. Johnson or Mr. Johnson, Ms. Johnson. And, um, you know, they'd mail that out. And, uh, as I understand it back in that day, um, the only way to order things was to actually mail a check. Yeah. And he had, I think like six or seven women on staff and their entire job was to open the envelopes, take the checks, fulfill the order and take the checks to the bank. And that's yeah. all they did all day long. Wow. And, um, you know, then he started doing expanding on that, like with the most popular last names on doing like, you know, coffee cups and t-shirts and, mm -hmm. you know, all the way down to like the Johnson family vacation where you go back to the old country and, and visit your roots and cool. yeah, probably not your particular branch of the Johnson family, but, um, is, is it true that he made like $40 million with that one campaign? I, I think it was something like that. It might even be higher. Wow. I mean, it could have had $40 million in like 1960s dollars, yeah. which is, you know, crazy amount of money now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah he was, he was, he was a, a special individual in the world of marketing. And, you know, yep. if, if anybody has interest in marketing, I'd highly recommend checking Gary out because not only do you see the good side of, of that business, but you also see the downside where, you know, you can run into trouble with, the you know attorney generals or postmaster generals and <laughs> you know, i think he was he did some prison time uh yeah. and so you know definitely uh you can learn from his successes and from his mistakes yeah i, I super highly recommend it I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes but we kind of glossed over it and uh, I, I hinted at a next podcast but can so you've been you're a professional marketer for the last 20 years mm -hmm. And so what's your, is there a specialty or, or, or is it, how do you explain it? Are you in, you're into, um, I don't, I don't know, Facebook ads or direct response or how do you explain you know, it? My, um, you know, my unique ability is creating, um, systems and operation systems. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in creating processes for making complex marketing campaigns happen, um, you know, those involve technology and dealing with vendors and setting, I try to set everything up to be as fail safe as possible. Um, you know, organizing date, the database a certain way and tags a certain way where, um, I try to automate everything, um, as much as you possibly can. And, and in instances where you can't automate something to create a system where to make sure that, that thing gets managed. Um, that's, that's, you know, my bread and butter. Um, what is automating? And, oh, automating, automate, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. So cool. for, for example, um, in, uh, one, one thing that, you know, we do, which is, um, emails to, uh, patients, mm -hmm. um, you know, after, after a certain amount of time, you know, we do three months. If somebody, somebody's getting emails for three months, they don't open, they don't click, they don't interact, they don't engage. We would stop emailing them. Um, I do that first reader. So if you sign up as a reader and you're not recommend, you're not opting in for books, you're not opening emails, you know, I, I'm going to take you off the list at some point just because it's not worth it to, to keep hitting your inbox if you're not going to respond. And it also reduces the risk of getting spam complaints down the road. And <laughs> everybody should have good list hygiene practices. And yeah, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of marketers think that they, they should just email people who haven't responded in nine years. Um, <laughs> and you know, eventually those inboxes are going to turn to spam traps and then you're going to yeah. run all kinds of
kinds of problems. So practically yeah. list hiking. But you know, one of the things that we do is, you know, if if uh, somebody does become unresponsive, um, there wasn't a mechanism for finding out if they if they came back to life. So for a while, what we had was a um, a list where we check it every week to see if anybody who was on an inactive list had clicked or opened an email in the last in the last month. Yeah. so that we take them off the inactive list and put them back into regular emails. And um, what uh, what I did after a while is I, I, I was like, you know, I'm doing, this, I'm doing this every week, it takes time, how can I automate this? And so I created an automation where if somebody was on an active list and they clicked or opened an email, it would automatically take them off it. And now I don't ever have to think about that again. Yeah, um, cool. And so, you know, I'm, I'm all about like any kind of the way you can automate get more leverage, uh, mm-hmm. where you could outsource. Um, yeah, you know, it's, that's the way to go. Um, yeah. And you know, that's, that's just happens to be where, you know, what I specifically do. Yeah. And it, what's your number one channel email for converting? Yeah. Um, I would say the absolute best channel for doing any conversions is, um, email. Okay. Yeah. And what's your number? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was say it's, you know a lot of um, a lot of people, uh, especially like content creators, become overly reliant on social media, um, yeah. and don't try to build an email list. But um, you know, if you happen to lose your Twitter account or your Instagram account or your YouTube channel for whatever reason, uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe the social media uh, service becomes less popular, goes out of business, disappears, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or just something happens and you, and you, and you lose it for whatever reason, like somebody hijacks it and you can't get it back and, you know, good luck dealing with customer support for a big social media company. Uh, <laughs> or maybe your name is the same name as somebody who is persona non grata online. And, uh, you know, you get flack for that and people start trying to take down your social media um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think the safest thing to do is have control over your list and email is like the best way to do it for a lot of people, especially online businesses. Yeah. And if you can also get snail mail and, and communicate by snail mail, if it makes sense, um, you know, it, especially if you're in like a local business, um, you know, utilize, utilize snail mail for sure. And, um, so what's your number one conversion tip to maximize or optimize conversions? Um, you know, I, I think that the way to go is to, uh, build value before you ask for the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, voracious readers only, um, if you're an author, it's not be easy for you to find out how to, how to give me money. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when I, I do that, that initial giveaway to get you some readers, you know, I, I'm like, uh, yeah, I hate to use this example, like, you know, the drug, the drug dealer model, which is give the first one free, get them hooked. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of what we want to do is we want to do a giveaway for you and have you have a great experience, build some readers, maybe get some reviews, uh, in a short period of time and, you know, want to do that more. Um, and then after I, you know, after you start getting readers, then you'll start getting, um, you know, marketing, directing you towards, we call it the evergreen. Uh, yeah. which is, um, you know, basically it gives you a, a slot in our process for onboarding new subscribers where they can, um, 
request your book and um, the evergreen, you know, <clears throat> I, I'll, I do uh, a six week trial initially. So you sign up and you get six weeks where I'm promoting your book now. So now I'm doing a second promotion for you for six weeks mm -hmm. so you can experience the evergreen. <clears throat> and, uh, and then that gives me an idea on how your book's going to do. And if I need to adjust the monthly fee to, you know, downward to make sense for the amount of opt-ins you're getting, or if you're doing, if you're getting like way more than I think, then, uh, then I would expect them, then, then, Hey, you're getting a better deal anyway. Um, and so, you know, at that point where you're, you know, where you're finally paying for voracious readers, you've probably gotten a bunch of opt-ins, you've gotten some reviews, you feel great about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the sale, the sale was made without you even, um, you know, being sold. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I think that is the absolute best way to run a business, uh, versus trying to hard sell people or, yeah. um, you know, you know, I, I don't want people to have buyer's remorse. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I try to, you know, try to, I try, I, I try to live by that campground, um, adage of, you know, you want to leave the campground better than it was than when you got there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, I want to give as much value to the authors as I can before they're giving me any money. So that way, you know, they feel like the, the relationship has even exchanged and, and they're good about it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, even if an author chooses not to continue promotion at some point for whatever reason, um, you know, I, I still want them to, if they hear, if they hear somebody talk about voracious readers only, you know, I want, I want them to be like, you know what, those guys were pretty good. Um, I like what they did for me and I would recommend them. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited, Larry, and um, <laughs> I've tested Kindle Book Review. I'm testing right now InstaFreebie, now called Prolific Works. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they don't, they don't do anything that you're talking about. So I'm, I'm excited. So moving along, you also were talking about cross-promoting with other authors. Tell us about that. So um, I <clears throat> want to... One of the the genesis of, or part of the genesis of voracious readers, it was a it was an article I read <clears throat> ages ago about a group of women who all wrote romance novels. Mm -hmm. They all self published romance novels, and um, their marketing tactic was they each built their own email list, and they promoted everyone's book. So you know every um, every week or every two weeks or every once a month, they all promoted the same book. And, um, there was a, um, I came across that concept again, uh, about a marketing company called Agora. Oh yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I know them. Yeah. In the world of direct marketing, like they're, they're huge. They're like a billion dollar direct mail company. Yeah. And guess what? Uh, Gary Halbert, wasn't he their advisor? Or didn't he run some campaigns for them? I don't know if he did. Um, I know like their their main principles are like Bill Bonner mm -hmm. and um, Michael Masterson. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you, if you want to like Google their books, they're great books. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson is one of the best marketing books. Heard uh, about that. Yeah, Ready, Fire, Aim. Yeah, and Bill Bonner, uh, he, he doesn't write like direct mail books. He writes books on economics, but they're yeah. very interesting. I highly recommend them, especially Mobs Markets and Messiahs. Great book. Um, and uh, 
so one of the things that I had read was that there were, there were companies like Agora early on, you know, very similar like financial newsletter companies. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is rent each other's lists and market to each other's lists. And they, and they, they all grew like a lot, like big hundred million dollar plus companies. Yeah. And uh, the example that was talked about was uh, there were companies in Europe that were very similar, but they didn't have that kind of growth. And the explanation was, well, they didn't, they didn't market to each other's lists. So they all, yeah. they try to like kind of silo and be their own little kingdom. Yeah. And um, because of that, they, they just didn't get that exponential growth that the American companies got. Um, and then, and then I came across the concept again, um, in, uh, regards to, uh, I think it was Frank Kern mm-hmm. actually. Uh, so he had a, a group of marketers and they called themselves, I think they called themselves the syndicate. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly. If not, <laughs> let me email me, let me know. But, um, what the syndicate was is, uh, it was all marketers who had products that was, would sell to generally the same kind of market. and they would just launch each other's do launch campaigns for each other's products every like two weeks or a month. And yeah. <clears throat> I don't think they still do it. I think it kind of went away at some point, but you know, the ones who I know were in it probably did pretty well. Um, and so the idea with authors, you know, back to those romance novelists and I've, I've gone back and tried to find that article. I could never find it. So I'm <laughs> glad I read it when it, when I did, but you know, if, if, if you have an email list, which you would build, if you're doing first readers, um, you have a, 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 you have relationships with those readers that you can leverage in with, uh, for your benefit and also for other authors benefit. So what I would, <clears throat> what I would recommend any author do is find other authors who write in the same genre as you do mm-hmm. and reach out to them and see, say, Hey, you know, I want to promote your book to my list. Do you have an email list? How big is your email list? How many people are on it? You know, how could we, how can we work together to promote each other's work? Not even for a financial game, like, you know, you're not going to take money to promote their work or try to get like a Amazon referral fee or something. You just want to, just want to introduce your readers to their, to their books because any reader or any author doesn't write enough books to satisfy the readers. Yeah. Um, they're always going to look for more authors. So you might as well help, help them find good ones. Um, and, what you know at some point you might have a lot of overlap with other authors and i think that's actually a good thing because then people are getting a lot more exposure for the same book so you know if if john is on the list of five different fantasy authors and they all promote the same book at the same time you know that creates like this kind of um effect of that book must be good because everyone's talking about it um, yeah. So, you know, I would definitely recommend any author, gracious reader or not, you know, work on building your email list and work on reaching out to other authors to, um, to promote each other's work in your, in your newsletters. And Hey, it also gives you content to talk about in your newsletter, which I know is it's, it's a, an issue for authors. Ironically, uh, they don't know what to write about. Um, so <laughs> funny, it, huh? Writers yeah, can't so, write emails. So, yeah. So, you know, introducing other, introducing other author's work, it's, it's, you know, it's good. It, it makes you look like a good person because you're, you're helping out your fellow writers and that gives you some good social credit with your readers. Uh, and, you know, 
maybe they'll buy that book. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll, that author will promote your next book and, and the, you know, their readers will see yours and, you know, it can only be positive. Um, yeah. and so I would definitely recommend it. That's why building an email list is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you have that, that, that resource to leverage with, with other mm-hmm. creators out there to, to expose, expose people to, and then they can expose you to theirs. I think we should all, what do you call it? Take this to heart because it doesn't matter what genre you're in. I, I hear this everywhere from, for example, Jeff Walker and, and Ryan Levesque. They're all about list sharing. I mean, partnering up. And then I've, I've heard the same exact thing from uh, Grant Cardone. His, his focusing question is, who has my money? But okay, in this case, who has my list, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is like a, what do you call it? A lesson that is just across all domains. And so I think it's really powerful and uh, authors out there should take that to heart. But of course, then it means you have to get out of your shell and talk to some people, you know, and it's easier just to sit there and, and waste your money on Facebook ads, isn't it? It is. And, you know, if anybody is listening to this, who does local marketing, um, <clears throat> like let's say you're a dentist. Well, your patients probably come from your town. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, and you're probably not getting patients from the next town over. So why not reach out to a dentist in the other town and, you know, create a relationship with them to promote each other. Like, Hey, yeah. you know, I do great for residents of this town, but if you're, you know, if you're in need of services, I would recommend this guy over here. You know, for example, I'm in, I'm in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go down to Olympia for anything and I'm not going to go up to Seattle for anything unless I really need it. Um, and you know, but I might know people in those other towns that I could make that referral for. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, any, any way to try to find a way to cross promote is great. And especially like, you know, if, if, if you actually use that service in the next town over, um, you know, write them a testimonial and have them write a testimonial for you, assuming they use your service in, in, in a reciprocal kind of arrangement. Um, because that definitely, um, looks good if you're, you know, if you're a plastic surgeon and you're getting a testimonial from another plastic surgeon or dentist or chiropractor or, or whatever. Um, you know, so always, always look for, for ways where you can, uh, create those kind of reciprocal, uh, promotion relationships, you know, even if they don't, even if they're not like huge and they only get you know, one person every couple months or mm-hmm. once a year, they don't take a lot of effort to set up. And so it'll pay for itself over time. Yeah. You know, I just saw, um, I, cause I'm on your list and I just received one of your mails about that, how, you know, partnering up, leaving reviews for other people in your space and uh, really good stuff. It's another thing that Voracious Readers does, what I have not seen on other lists. You know, like uh, all the others that I previously mentioned, you you get on their list, you do a book promotion, and then, yeah, you know, you might get one or two emails about how you should optimize your book cover and then and then some links to blog posts, and then that's it, you know. And, and your, your, your email newsletter, when you join Voracious Readers, is, is high value. I've been enjoying the tips and in-depth stuff, not just, Hey, go see this, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So good job there, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, that's another, another tip. I mean, this is, I think I actually talked about it in, um, 
one of the emails that you will get or have gotten, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, when I started Voracious Readers, um, I wanted to have a way to communicate with authors. Um, and what we're talking about is the emails that go to authors after they sign up, not, not readers, because readers are always getting mm-hmm. um, book offers. So they're, right. they're always getting uh, communication. But, you know, an author, I might do a giveaway for them, you know, a month after they sign up for one. And after that point, you know, we'll, there's not really anything else to, 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 you know, do with them with respect to that giveaway. So what I started doing was trying to write a new email every week or two to maintain that communication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if I came up with like a marketing tip or an idea or I saw something I thought was cool um, and the ones that got the best open rates and the most clicks and the most feedback, I created a sequence of those emails. So if you were to sign up as an author today, you know, you're probably going to get an email every week from me for two or three months mm-hmm. uh, with those, with those best things that I had had written previously to, you know, provide you a lot of value up front. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you'll also get um, a weekly email from me of articles that I found online from authors or publishers or editors that I think might be interesting as far as like the, the world of, publishing, self-publishing, writing, editing, et cetera, you know, to just kind of help hone the craft and help you, you know, with your, your writing career. Um, and so, you know, that's how I help build value with the, with the authors, uh, you know, beyond, you know, just an initial book promotion or an ongoing everything yeah. kind of promotion. It's awesome. Yeah. I could, I could uh, go on for hours with you about all this and, uh, Gary Halbert and all the different techniques. I, I really love it. Um, but, um, but what's on the horizon for you? Well, I think um, with Voracious Readers, I've experimented with other um, services. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't come across anything that has good leverage yet. Uh, so you know, what I'm, what I'm going to do is uh, just work on finding other ways to add value to authors that aren't super expensive. Um, cause you know, I'm, 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 I'm aware that, you know, a lot of people aren't full-time authors. They're, you know, they work a regular day job and they're writing at night or on the weekends and yeah. you know, wherever they could find space. And, um, you know, they're not making, you know, a million book sales a day and, you know, they're just kind of working on building, 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 writing, writing, writing. Uh, so, you know, I try to aim all the services where it's not a, it's not, um, it's not like a, a financial burden to do it. So, um, yeah, that's why the evergreen is like 20 bucks. Um, oh, yeah, cool. You know, uh, so I'm looking at other ways to, uh, you know, provide services for authors that have great value and they don't have to spend a lot of money for. So, you know, as I find those, I'll, I'll promote them to my, my best uh, authors first and then to everybody else next. Yeah. And we'll kind of see how it goes. Um, you know, um, I was thinking about right doing a service or I, I actually did test a service where um, I could take authors best reviews and turn them into like videos. Oh yeah. Um, and I found that it just, it took up so much time. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't super worth it uh, for all the That's energy I did, but I did learn rule. some good video, video editing skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so um, maybe I'll revisit in the future if I can find a better way to automate the, the product. Um, but you know, that's kind of it right now is just figuring out better ways to add value to everybody. 
um, and uh, see where it goes. And, you know, always, of course, find ways to get more readers onto the list because um, more readers is good for the authors and, um, you know, proceed from there. Um, nice. I thought you were going to so buy BookBub, buy them out or something. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're BookBub's the, they're the, they're the big gorilla. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, you're going to be the big I, elephant then or something. I don't, something I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be in the position to purchase them, but you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll buy me out at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah. But, um, they're not public and neither are voracious readers, right? Oh no. Yeah. We're a, yeah. It's a private company. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the advantage of that. You can't get bought out by a 51% takeover, you know, so. <laughs> but yeah, if there's, a, if there's a check with enough zeros. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't expect that to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with uh, growing the way we're growing. And Bracers only is doing awesome and it's getting bigger every month, which is great. Um, yeah. So, you know, just knock on wood and, and keep promoting. Cool. Um, is, it, um, is it your only company? Uh, Voracious Readers Only is the only one I own outright. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, all luck to you, my friend. And um, I really look forward to the next couple of weeks. And uh, I respect your time. So how about you tell everybody out there where we can reach you? Well, the best way to reach me is uh, just go to voraciousreadersonly.com. Um, if you're an author, you could sign up for a 20 book giveaway and we'll help you get 20 new readers for your list. And, uh, if you're a reader and you want to, uh, be introduced to authors who you probably wouldn't have come by on your own. Um, you know, we do, we do promotions for some authors who are like, you know, um, names that you'd recognize, um, okay. people with like Wikipedia pages. Um, wow. <laughs> we also have authors who it's their, it's their first novel. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you want to be exposed to, uh, some readers or some authors you haven't heard about yet, uh, if you like writing reviews, that's always awesome. Uh, you know, check out voraciousreadersonly.com. If, uh, if you like, you could also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we do two posts a day. We do a review of the day and we also do a meme of the day. If you're just looking for a, a good, a good place to just find regular meme content to share with your readers or, you know, for your, uh, in author related stuff, um, or reader related activities. Uh, you know, I, I, you can check out there and for the, for those memes and, uh, the, the source on where it came from. So you can give them credit. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. And, uh, if you have any questions, you can also email me, um, mm -hmm. Uh, the general in inbox for voracious readers only it, it'll it'll be forwarded to me uh is mailer at voraciousreadersonly.com so m-a-i-l-e-r at voraciousreadersonly.com just put attention larry in the subject line i'll see it cool thanks again larry and uh as usual i want to reserve you for another podcast maybe we'll just do marketing or something man we can do a lot about that i would definitely look forward to it all right, man. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Okay, my friends. If you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co 
and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upvote this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.